Like Pogs, Ska, and AOL, Blockbuster Video is long gone. Unlike those things, we still have fond memories of Blockbuster. And on the Talkbuster podcast, host Chris Shipman helps us relive those bygone days. Every episode, Chris Shipman and a guest remember their times at the Blue and Gold and share stories of their time there, giving you a rare insight into your neighborhood video rental store. Find it on your favorite podcasting site today. Welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Humor Orc, and with me as always is... Hi, Slagathor! Yes, it's not Axel Wright, it is Slagathor. We will circle back to what Slagathor is doing here, <laughs> and what this episode's going to be about shortly. But first, we got a patron sound off to get through. The patrons being those wonderful, wonderful people that give us money so that we can afford to bring Slagathor on from time to time to fill in for <laughs> Axel. She's very expensive. <laughs> Champagne in the dressing room, green M&M's only, the works. I gotta get Egyptian manxes and everything like that. Like, I gotta, I just, I gotta be lavish, bro. There's a reason that Geeks Who Haunt only happens in a very small time of year (laughs) for a limited run. (laughs) Anyways, these people that fund Slagathor's lavish lifestyle are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Arthur Crane, Kevin... (laughs) Bay. Brandon Agnew, John... Vinyl. V, Kit Kinney, Seth Decker, Jesse Johnson, Donald Lucy, yes, Nathan Willis, Patrick Anderson. Now, if you'd like to join that illustrious legion, just head on over to patreon.com forward slash Geeks with Shields. 25 cents an episode gets you early access to all our content and keeps the lights on here wherever we happen to be recording. Now, you may notice we have Slagathor, not Axel. What's that about? Because I'm better. <laughs> We'll leave that up to the fans. It is up to the fans. Hashtag Slagathor, yes. <laughs> I am the fans. I oh. am the best. Oh, God. <laughs> we are talking about a topic that Axel Wright... Axel is not equipped to talk about. We're talking horror. And let's be honest, Axel has very low tolerance for horror. Well, and he said it many times. He doesn't like horror. He doesn't do horror. So. It, it's, it's not his thing. So... I figured this is a Slagathor episode, and we're going to talk about the nebulous nature that is the genre of horror, because I've had many discussions, Slagathor and I have had many discussions about what is and is not horror. And I think especially now in this era of elevated horror, it's getting even more interesting to discuss and kind of get into the nitty gritty of what makes that genre mm-hmm. so it's like i'm gonna throw to you what is like how what are your check marks okay so for me i mean and we'll touch upon it later on we've kind of got some movies that we're gonna talk about and stuff like that but for me what i think of is horror like because i know that there's different types and different subcategories and different like you know di- genres yeah there's different dick sizes for horror mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that but for me, I full-heartedly, wholeheartedly believe that horror has to have an element of spook. Like, whether it be suspense, like there is definitely suspense horror. I love suspense horror. And suspense horror doesn't necessarily have blood and gore and slash like slasher horror does. Like, you know, Friday the 13th. Um, well, hold on, hold on. Roll it back. You're, you're breaking down the genres of horror. You haven't told me what is horror. Like, the first thing... Like, if I showed you a movie, and you're like, oh yeah, that's totally horror, what's your base qualification? 
It will always be Nightmare on Elm Street. Why? What is it about Nightmare on Elm Street that makes it definitively a horror movie? I mean, I know my personal reasons. I'm curious what your personal, like, this checks the bo- all the boxes. Because it's got suspense. Mm-hmm. It's got, um, it's definitely got, I'm just going to say simple things like spooky, spooky. Um, it's supernatural. Sp- yeah, but it's got spooky themes to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll explain stuff like that later on. So it's got, and then it's got the blood and guts. It's got the kind of, sometimes it's even got the cringe factor going for it. But it's something that will stick and last with you. And I mean, and I've said it on my on my podcast and stuff like that. Like, it's one of the first horror movies I ever saw. And even to this day, it still kind of gets me in a way. So. Okay. Now, I, I like how all-encompassing your definition was. Because I feel you are one of the most critical people when it comes to judging something as horror. Oh, I am. I'm very much am. Which is funny cuz my basic qualification is well, is it scary? Does this feel like it is designed to elicit fear in somebody? And I get that that's kind of its own broad genre cuz people are afraid of all sorts of different things. And people have will have different reactions. Yes. yes. But I feel like at its base core it needs to fright be frightful that is the whole appeal of horror now i think if we're just doing base like that instead of how deep i got it needs to be dark it needs like kind of like what you said it needs to have the scare factor or whatever to it but it needs to be dark in whatever theme or in whatever direction that the movie or the show is putting like whatever they're going forward with whatever foot they are trying to lead with it needs to have some sort of dark spookiness to it yeah, I, I agree, and I think you can get a little bit of fun in there. For a second, I thought you were talking about lighting-wise. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Jaws is 100, mostly shot in bright scenes, mm-hmm. but I would argue is in the horror category. And I would say no. Well, see, there's the other fun one, is what makes it a thriller, what makes it a horror movie? See, it's a thriller. Now, let's say, okay, nowadays... In the age that I am and stuff like that, in the and the stuff that I have seen, no, Jaws is most definitely not a horror movie. But back then, when it first came out, it was one of its own, you know, one of a kind, something different, something, yeah, something spooky. So yes, back then, maybe people did view it as a horror. But even then, if I'm looking back then and based off of the the guidelines that they had for what was horror movies back then. It's thriller. See, it's funny that it's you thriller. say that, that like a genre can evolve. Yes. Because you're right. Because if I went back, like I'm going to go, let's say I watch any of the classic Universal movie yeah. monsters. Those were 100% horror movies of their time. Yes. To me, I would not classify those. Those I don't know what I would classify those as, but no, like, no, this doesn't feel like it. I mean. They would it, be classified as classics. <laughs> Nothing, but they, the thing is, though, when I say classics, I mean, they don't have any other theme to them. They are just classic. They're not scary. They're not really funny. They're not suspenseful. They're not anything. They just are. No, there are. At least that's what it is for me. uh, There are some suspenseful moments, and there are some parts of it that work, and you gotta, it's it's golden age horror, Mm -hmm. and I mean, have you ever seen Norseferatu? So that one, it has moments that, like, this is really cool. Like how he moves is a really kind of, okay, that's a genuinely. So 
even there, we're kind of like it's interesting. We can talk about horror. The genre of horror evolves as time goes on, which is its own interesting thing. Which we're not going to get into the eras and epics of no, horror because. No, no. That we're not qualified for that. I am, but you know. I feel like you'd get no, I feel like you'd get bored halfway through and it's like, wait, why is this one in here? I don't like get that out of here. I don't like that movie. So no, it, even then, we're hor- I like the idea, and you're one hundred right, that what is a horror movie kind of evolves. But I'm not sure I don't I don't like that in a sense because it feels kind of gatekeepy. Well then if that's the if horror is not allowed to evolve, then everything should be. No, no, I'm not saying it's not allowed to evolve. I'm saying if you gate the genre like that going, no, no, only the movies I like are considered part of the genre. You can't call yourself a horror fan. Yeah. But I think every horror fan has a proper or should have a proper love and appreciation for the classics because you can look at those and you can go, okay, this is all the stuff that came before. I can see where they lifted. I can understand. You can see where the horror of today evolved from where it came from, where the, where the ideas and cause even to this day, like people would not, the directors would not be who they are if it wasn't for the horror movies of their time. Oh yeah. No, you listen to any of those directors. They talk about some of the classic movies. I don't know. I will say that the universe in my personal system, cause it checks the boxes, the classic universal horror movie, uh, monster movies are, Horror. They're not necessarily scary. They're very, some are kind of tame, but they have the tension. Yeah. They have the supernatural elements. Some of them get kind of the gore is there for what they can get around at the time. I would argue those are, but we're kind of getting off. But this is a great example of how hard it is to define this genre of horror. But let's circle back to what we talked about earlier in that fine line of what makes it a suspense versus what makes it a horror movie. Okay. Before you go any further, we are going to talk about this right here now. One, we're not going to touch on It Follows because that will be a episode in of itself on My Geeks Who Haunt, okay? If you want to hear the atrocious shit I have to say about that fucked up, stupid, stupid movie, be sure to keep an eye out on that. Okay, now, we are going to talk about Hereditary. Everybody oh loved this fucking movie. I think it is stupid. It is not scary. The most it has going for it is suspense. It is nothing more than a suspenseful thriller. I disagree. No. The only part in that whole entire movie that got me was when her head got chopped off. That was it. And the only time then, it was a, oh my gosh. And then that was it. And then other than that, I checked out of the fucking movie. I was so bored by it. Nothing was scary. Nothing held my interest. Okay, now you're putting the I didn't like the movie. Like, you jumped right into this one. No, I'm saying right here and right now, it is a suspenseful movie. A suspenseful thriller. I disagree. Because there's nothing... And it's just like The Vich. Oh, the... (sighs) That, too, is not a horror movie. That is maybe a suspenseful, artsy-fartsy movie. See, now you're touching on the whole elevated horror thing, which... It should not be a thing. No... I, it's a whole weird mess. No, you should not be throwing in some flowery shit and then expecting everybody to go, oh my god, this is spooky. <laughs> okay, see, now we're getting into Slagathor's personal grievances of <laughs> if a movie has subtext, it angers you. <laughs> no, it's fine if it's subtext. 
But if it's all just like the whole movie is nothing but subtext and the only way that you could truly enjoy it because I am a movie person and the only way that you would get it, Sagathor, is if you knew that it was really about HIV and AIDS. This is why I love you. (laughs) One of your favorite franchises of all time is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. One of the most subtext-packed movies there is. Not to me. I know. But then again, I don't go rooting around for subtext. Okay, let's let's get this on record. What do you think about Nightmare on Elm Street 2? Boring at times. Do you think there's any subtext or ulterior motive or anything in that movie? Personally, do not? No. T- no, okay. And I, I'm getting that just to establish what you consider rooting around... Because, and you know this, it is one of the most recognized movies of, oh, this movie is about homosexuality and it's blatantly obvious right down to the set design. Okay, did the director and stuff came out? The directors came out and said it. The writers have came out and said it. They've kind of okay. joked about it well, and said... I will accept that it's about gay people. I know. <laughs> no, like one of my favorite <laughs> stories is... I don't know who's working on the project, but he says, yeah, our set director or our set designer was a gay man. I mean, and even he's sprinkling in clues in the background. There's a board game called Bulge in the background, and we just didn't think. You also have to remember that I don't, I enjoy the movie for what it is. Okay, and that's another thing. But I also want to ask you, there's a scene where a gym teacher, the gym teacher, is at a gay bar in leather and is murdered... By being strung up and having his bare ass whipped with towels by our male protagonist. No subtext whatsoever occurred to you. Like, there's something going on here. I genuinely don't remember that part. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, circling back around. We've established that you... I don't want to say you don't believe in subtext. See, I don't mind subtext as long as it's not thrown in my face and everybody around me is like, oh no, subtext here, subtext there. You know, you're not going to truly enjoy and get this masterpiece unless you know the subtext. Because I just want to sit down and enjoy the movie for face value. I do not want to have to sit there and go, oh, was that yellow flower taken back from 1987 to where, you know, (laughs) she originally got her first, you know... Her first paper cut and this paper cut here is like, come on. No, I agree with you. And I think what it is and how it should be phrased, so our listeners know, you you recognize subtext. Well, you know it exists in film, but you don't care. No. If it's not text, text, you don't give a shit. No, because I want to enjoy the movie for what it is. Which... If you cannot keep an audience... For face value movie, for what is going on, I don't feel like your movie is worth anything. I, I know, but it's so fascinating that your favorite genre is horror, which is nothing, which is built on the back of subtext of subtext and hidden meanings and dual meanings. I, I don't get that. So at its core, at least the slasher genre is moral propagating in that. These people do bad things. They have premarital sex. They drink. They do drugs. And they are punished for it by these. but that's something that I already go into. And it's something that I grew up kind of already knowing. That it was just, you know, oh yeah. It's kind of one of those horror horror themes that, you know, you're going to see in every movie. Yeah. That is... That is not buried under their subtext type of thing that I'm talking about. No. But I'm just saying is it's... 
interesting to me that you are a person that does not care for subtext, but your favorite genre is one that's built on the core construct of it. I know, but I'm also not sitting there going, oh no, those two teenagers having sex, they're going to fucking die now. I mean, the only movie that we did that was with when we watched The Cabin, because, you know, that was good and fun. And oh, we were, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, yeah, and we were, we were all like, oh yeah, name that horror. See, that's another one. That one's all about inverting and talking I about... I know, but that was a fun one. That wasn't... So, see, circling back to our original thing, I don't think you hate subtext. I just think... It all depends on how it's presented. So let's talk about Hereditary. Since you decided to jump to that one and have your, your rant about it. I'm split on it. I do not think it is the epic masterpiece that a lot of people said it was at the time. I like some of the themes. I like some of what it's doing. But, and this is the but, and this is where I grew with Slagathor. It is also very occupied with being an A24 film before it's any it's a horror film like there are horrific images there is some supernatural stuff there is some really kind of cool things we're not disturbing things i mean you've got basically the whole the final the final the final act when tony collette saws her head off and then the headless body just kind of floats out of the room that's not a thriller that's not a suspense one that's just kind of that's no that's suspense with gruesome no gruesome imagery it's still to me, to me. It will what what be... is the suspense though? Suspense implies it's building to something. Exactly. What is the movie building towards though? You call it a suspense. What is the movie, whole movie building towards? I don't know. See, that's the thing. Is I checked out of the movie because I hate it so much. I don't even know how to end it. Yeah. Well, see, then you can't rant about. I can too rant about it because I hated it so much because it was so boring. Everybody said, this is such a great horror film, and we tried watching it, and I checked out as soon as the little girl's head got lopped off, okay? Now, there there was an interesting point I think we can make, and we can kind of go off on that one. I think it is a great horror film. I do not think, or a great movie. I don't think it's a great horror film. No, it's... Because I think it's missing a key element of what makes a good horror movie, which I can kind of agree, we can kind of put in this box... And that is a sense of suspense or fear or something that keeps you going through. Because I think a good horror movie is one part mystery because you want to know why this person, thing, whatever it is, you want to resolve that. Mm-hmm. Be it Nightmare on Elm Street, you want to know who Freddy is and why he's doing this. Be it Scream, you want to know who this killer is. So that's drawing you through to the end. You want to have this question answered. There's also the suspense of... At any moment, one of these people could die. I think those are two big things. And you need a narrative hook, and you need something that actually makes there feel like tension. And this is when I want to reference It Follows, but you already locked that off to its own separate... Exactly. (laughs) But I'm looking at the list that he kind of just jotted down and stuff. Nothing on this list, to me, is horror. Every single one of these is suspenseful thriller with horror horror or gruesome or like spooky themes to it and on the list is it follows midsummer freaky the invisible man antebellum underwater and hereditary yeah this was just all, a quick list no, i threw together yeah. of recent stuff and to me they're all suspense okay and none of them are horror so i want to ask you again what is the key to finding features that make something a horror movie versus what makes something a suspenseful movie 
So suspense, you know, to me is, you know, something that kind of has you going, oh, what's going to happen now? What's going on? Like kind of has some, um, some, I don't know, um, mystery type of theme to it. Like, you know, what's, what's going to happen next type of thing. What I, what I consider a horror, what could be just kind of lopped in with the horror stuff is, you know, the gruesome, like blood or um, not even lots of killing, but more than like maybe one or two killing. And depending on the severity of the the murder happening, um, the I have found and kind of just thinking about it, a lot of good horror movies are quite actually dark, dark in their lighting, dark in their 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 ambiance yeah um and yes some of these suspense movies do have a dark ambiance to them but they're not dark like horror movies that you would think of um or at least the ones that i'm thinking of in my head and you know once i'm on to that actual train track maybe i'll explain um so you know i've got the gruesome and the severity of the murders the dark ambiance um something that makes you go, oh, hell no, you better get the fuck out of there if you're watching it in a theater type of situation, you know? Something silly like that. Like, I want the whole, I want to be sitting on my seat, like, yelling at the, you know, feeling on the inside of my gut, like, oh, no, nah, bitch, you're going to die. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be gruesome. And, yes, some suspense movies have an element of it, but you are not a horror movie. You are very suspenseful with scary skirting on the line of being a horror film at least to me anyway see it's interesting i feel like you and we opened this you have a very narrow circle for what qualifies as horror and it's also because i want to add your opinion on a couple ones like i can i'm trying to think of okay you listed gore you listed violence as a blood and i'm trying to think okay what are some of the more sanitary horror movies that I consider horror movies or horror even TV shows will go into it. And the first one that immediately comes to mind is Gerald's Game. That one's relatively clean and sanitary. Um, but that one feels like a horror movie. To me, it's a very spooky suspense. Because, yes, it has an element of um, supernatural to it because of the, the the dark shape in the corner that haunts her and stuff. Um but it could also be said, and especially if you've read the books and stuff, it is literally her her imagination, shit like that, like, whatever. But in the movie, yes, it does. Like, it, like when it pops out or you see it in the corner stuff, you do kind of get a, a, you know, a thrill of, holy shit, like. So, yes, I can see that. But to me, still, it's a suspenseful movie of going, what is going to happen next with a flirting of, of, of dark to it. See, the funny thing, and I'll just move on after this, is Gerald's Game, I consider a horror movie straight up, but it doesn't have any of those key features I listed before. There's no narrative mystery hook to like, okay, what am I trying to solve? It's like, no, this woman is just stuck here, chained to this body, trying to figure out how she's going to escape. No, that's Megan Fox's movie. No, that's... No, she's Oh, she's chained to the bed. That's right. I thought she was tied to the husband's body for some reason. No, that's Megan Fox's movie. There's not that, and there's not. Well, there is a kind of a sense of tension in you know that right, the mysterious you know dark thing in the corner. So there, there is a little bit of that. All right, and then while we're on the 
uh, both of Mike Flanagan's Netflix series in Haunting on Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor. I see those as horror. But they're both, there's low body count. It's very... Yes, but it has very... Um, I, the easiest way you could say it is it has horrific visuals. It's creepy imagery. Yes, very much creepy imagery. It has creepy background to it, especially when you get to kind of like the the background of like that the building, the house, the family, all this other stuff that goes into it. Like all the different ties that make the series, it is very much a, a creepy story, I guess to say. Now, I did say the body count, yes, um, but then there are exceptions like this where it has the dark, it has the dark imagery, it has the dark atmosphere it has um it does have body count it is a low body count but it is a body count and the way that these bodies that these people do die is horrific in of themselves even though they are very kind of mundane like the hanging and the drowning and stuff like that the way that the director and the whole everybody present all of these they're very horrific in the way that they make us watch yeah but what do you think about the fact that Mike Flanagan has came out and said that Hill House is a tragedy Mm -hmm. and Bly Manor is a romance. See, what I like is that I can enjoy each series separately for themselves and not feel like I have to look for background. And then coming out after I've watched these and, you know, you told me about these and you can look back on those series and go, oh, yeah, I can see that. But it's not during the whole thing. Like I said, I can still watch it, take it for face value, and enjoy the shit out of myself without wondering whether or not I'm going to have to look for subtext and certain things to be able to see what they were going for. Because after watching the series and finding out what the director kind of wanted everything to represent, I can go back, oh yeah, I I can see that and I appreciate that. I'd argue there's not a lot of subtext to either of those movies or shows. Exactly. But... It's the, you don't fully recognize it until you have the complete picture. And that's, see, I I appreciate that because I don't want to f- sit there, like I said, and feel like I have to pick, nitpick everything to be able to figure out the correct way everybody wants us to view it. That's, it's, that's your own personal baggage I think you're bringing in. So let me ask you this. What do you may think, because we've, we've established there are literally hundreds of sub-genres of horror. Yes. How directors do it, how countries do it. I mean, you, for last season, you broke down all of the grudge movies. Yeah. And kind of talked about, okay, the Americanization of J-horror. Yeah. So that's its own category. Do you believe that there could be a category, uh, and I think there is a category of horror, thriller horror, or horror thriller. Yeah. That sits right on that edge. So let me ask you this. Because. See, no, no, no. Get this. Like when we were able to go to Hastings and stuff, um, and even on the back of movies, you know, it says thriller and with a thriller dot horror dot suspense and stuff like that. And I've always looked at those and then, you know, I'll watch it and stuff and I'll be like, that ain't a horror, at least not to me, because it didn't hit me like the other horrors, horror series do. I was just thinking, and this is a quote that you might want to use in the future, and it comes from a Supreme Court justice. I don't, I honestly, I'm, I'm not remember his name right now, but... When defining pornography, he had this to say. I cannot define it, but I know it when I see it. Sounds about right. I mean, I feel like that could be your Supreme Court ruling on horror. You don't know a horror. You couldn't define it, but you could very much. 
And that's its own kind of, and that's what I like about the genre. I think it is very hard to define. So I'm trying to think of my own personal example of this. Oh, I know. And this one I don't wasn't I don't think anyone considers horror. It was marketed as horror, but it is absolutely not horror. And that is Guillermo del Toro's uh, Crimson Peak. That is a gothic romance which borrows a ton of thematic elements from horror mm-hmm. without being truly horror. But it was marketed as horror, and I think that really hurt the movie. Yes, I agree with that. But I don't know how deep or you know how involved marketing really gets oh it has scary imagery to it It has to be a horror it was how they cut the trailers i know exactly because we watched it expecting it to be a horror movie we're very put off i wasn't expecting a horror movie because from the stuff you could still kind of see there was some romance and stuff to it i was still expecting a bit more creepy imagery oh there's or... definitely that some of the, the some of the stuff in there i was is... expecting a bit more yes <laughs> admittedly there's not a lot but the stuff that's in there is that bloody skeleton that shit gives me the heebie-jeebies yeah. see and i did enjoy that movie i enjoyed it for what it was and i know not a lot of people did like oh it. no that one's become a beloved classic it's just people had to shift their expectation because when they went in expecting a horror movie they're like well, that wasn't scary. I didn't really appreciate that. But the minute people went, no, no, it's supposed to be a gothic romance. And the minute people had that one, they went, oh, okay. And now it makes sense. And there's a whole argument to be had about genre, uh, having genre expectations of a movie going in mm-hmm. and what you expect it to be and how that can affect your interpretate, you know, your take on the film. Because I know I'm guilty of this and I know you're especially guilty of this. And I, I think everyone's guilty of this. A24, the studio that's put out your favorite movies, It Follows, Hereditary, The Vich. They are, uh, the joke, uh, this isn't my joke, but I love it. These are prestige white people movies. (laughs) You know, going in, exactly what you're going to get. This is going to be a very, as you put it, artsy-fartsy movie. (laughs) So, you know, going and watching it, this isn't going to be Nightmare on Elm Street. No. And some people, they kind of get the, well, this is the only way I can enjoy horror because this is elevated horror. And so, like, you see that and going, oh, God, I'm going to be bored. You've got to stick up your ass and you need to pull it out and just enjoy shit for what they are. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Says the woman that goes in with, listen, you're not a horror movie and I'm boring you, so you're going to suck. To me, you are not a horror movie. And yes, I am a victim of marketing and the we way all that, they, that they are. So when I go in expecting a horror movie or something that's going to spook me and there is nothing spooky in that movie to me, nothing that even makes my heart race, not even a little tiny bit, I am immediately like, you are not a horror movie. But you got to admit, what scares you versus what scares somebody else is entirely different. That's why I'm saying not necessarily scares me but if it doesn't even make my heart or my gut or give me goosebumps to make me go ooh, something's not right here you're not a horror movie to me here's a podcast favorite that we can talk about your favorite movie from one of our favorite directors dead silence 
Yes. That's a horror movie, but I hate it. I hate it with every fiber of my being. And I love that movie even more because I have a bad fear of dolls. So it definitely plays into something that I'm afraid of, which I will give props to any movie, any horror movie, especially if they have themes of something I'm that I am afraid of. Like the like the home invasion movies, those get me in a different way. They are an extreme suspenseful horror to me because they scare the shit out of me, but it thrills me. It's like a weird fucking I don't know the the same with um with dolls. Um, I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, but I believe in bad juju shit. And when you start bringing in, you know, messing around with some bad juju shit and ghosts and shit like that, and it's a really good one. <sighs> so real quick, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yes. Can you understand how some people might be deathly afraid of the ideas put forward in Antebellum? What was Antebellum? That's the one where she gets kidnapped by a bunch of... Oh, spoilers for Antebellum, which if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's really good. I loved it. it it's not good all the way it, through. It, so. It's not good all the way through, and some of its ideas are bigger than it actually is, but it's still some movies. Anyways... That's the one where she gets kidnapped by a bunch of racists and, you know, forced to play slave role play with them in the plantations. And it ends with her murdering all the white supremacists. Now, you and I as white people, that's not the same ingrained fear as somebody else that, you know, being kidnapped and racially abused. Yeah. I don't know, I guess. Uh, If you can't tell, I kind of checked out from that movie. I know you did. That one was like, ah, crap, subtext, I'm out. (laughs) Well, it's not that. It's if I want, if I'm going and thinking I'm going to watch something exciting, but it's not yeah. to me. I, That's I, its own I thing lose interest. Slow and, burn. It's, and it's honestly not anything against like Antebellum. Like, I, I know it's a good movie because I, I vaguely remember thinking, okay, yeah, this is a good movie. But it's not for me. It is not my style. It is not. Yeah, no. Me. And I will, it's not good all the way through it has a really there's i don't know it, it's a hard one to discuss yes and it's one that i feel like we are not capable of discussing because nope we're not we, we are we are we, two white pe- we are two yeah. privileged white people we're not going to touch on that one so let's kind of jump over to a fun one in the horror comedies because i love horror you, comedies. yes i love my favorite movies because give me the gingerbread man oh give me things killing no give me we're, oh, we're not oh, the evil santa claus movies uh, we're not oh, talking anything. schlock oh yes give it all to me we're not talking schlock it's not schlock it is schlock it is not schlock. it is 100 it's nurse on my teeth boy come give it to me no it is 100 <laughs> percent schlock it's not yes no if it comes from the trauma school of movies, if it comes from the so bad it's good, that is all. That is schlock, and then it's no. not. Agree to disagree, and I know what you're talking about. Are you ta- you're talking? I'm like talking dark about comedies. No, I'm talking about Cabin in the Woods. I'm talking about Tucker dark and comedy. Dale versus. Dark no, comedy. it's not a black comedy. Black comedy is its own separate thing. To me, those are black comedies. Those no. are horror things, but they're funny. No, black yes. comedy is dark subject matter, but it's funny. Is that the same shit? No. Yes. It's a difference. Whatever. Because, oh, I can't think of the movie that's a perfect example. Anyways, Tucker and Dale is a horror movie in construct, but it asks, what does it look like from the murderous hillbilly side? And it Innocent be- murderous hillbilly yes. side. Yes. Evil Dead. Okay, first Evil Dead is a straight up horror. There's very little comedy in that. Mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, 
is a horror comedy. Oh, the third one I absolutely fucking love. Army of Darkness is a straight-up action comedy. That That's a fun evolution of franchise. So why does you get to have comedic moments? Freaky is a horror comedy. Because they still have all those themes that I'm looking for. The blood, the gore, the the creepy elements and stuff. But it's like Ash versus Evil Dead. The oh, yeah. And stuff. That is horror, but it has... There's something about how well these actors and the writing and everything else that they can twist it to still make it funny, to relieve the tension, but you're still being strung back into the tension, you know? Yeah, and no, that's a great horror and comedy, like a lot of horror directors and horror writers have said, share the same emotional beat of its tension and release. Mm -hmm. Waiting for the joke, getting the joke, feeling the relief of the joke. Waiting for the kill, getting the kill feeling the relief of the kill. They hit yep. that same... So that's why I think horror and comedy work so well together. But it's interesting that you, you say that, and we've kind of talked about it, and we both kind of agree, that we can take these horror and comedy, well, yeah, it's the same end result. But horror and tension, tension is inherently built into horror. Mm-hmm. That's why if it's... I mean, why so many of them are dark, aside from to hide the, you know, what's going on in the background, or, you know, hide the thing is, because you can't see the monster... You're afraid of waiting for the monster. So there's this tension of waiting for the monster. And there's tension in the thriller. And I feel, this is my personal thesis, I feel that the horror genre consumed the thriller. Because think about some of the thrillers that came out in the 90s and the early 2000s. And my best go-to example is... uh, Screams its own thing. I'm going to say Panic Room with uh, Jodie Foster. It's about... The robbers that break into her house and she has to and she goes into her panic room you don't remember that one at all i don't know if i've ever i don't that's a really good one but basically it's the robbers are trying to break in and there's a ticking clock to when she can escape and they're running out of air and there's all these things that building the tension building the tension building the tension and you're just on the edge of your seat i'm trying to think what a more contemporary oh that halle berry one where she was a 911 operator trying to help the girl that was kidnapped in the trunk Remember that one? Nope. Oh, God damn it. No one does. <laughs> Anyways, I they don't make... Because to me, a thriller is built around... There's no supernatural elements to a thriller. Uh-huh. It is just, this is an everyday occurrence, and this is the tension of, oh my God, what if I were in this situation? So like purge? Purge is it's... There's some Purge movies, like, um, not this most latest one, but the one where they go into like that governor's house or something like that, and... You know, at the end, like, the dad dies. Like, they murder the dad and stuff. Like, the actual, like... The first purge. Was it the first one? The first purge. It wasn't a governor. He was just... He was a salesman of home defense systems. I know, but it was one of the more newer ones because I watched it on my own. That was the um, purge three. You didn't want to watch it. No, I fell asleep because I was really tired. But, yeah, like, some like some of those... <laughs> the purge is a whole other conversation. I love those movies, but they are so... Uh, and so that's the other aspect... Horror is so often social satire, and The Purge is nothing but social satire. With I feel it's not subtext anymore, because I feel by the time we got to the first Purge, we haven't seen the latest Purge, which I want to see because I love those movies because they're just that right blend of we're not even bothering to be subtext. Here's our killer dressed as okay. So here is a um, here is an example of a suspense movie, but to me, no. It is a straight-up suspense movie, but 
to me because it hits some of those deep seated parts for me it it kind of feels a bit more horror because it elicits that reaction to me and it's the strangers the one strangers is a horror movie i don't like it but it's a horror movie i don't i wouldn't call it a horror movie to it me, exists in the classic ho- it's a home invasion and it's they've got the weird mask shit no real it's got the um you know the 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 main elf lady from the rings and stuff with the long black hair. Oh, for some reason I was thinking, uh, what's her name? With her boyfriend or her husband. I know exactly who yeah. you're talking about. It's, oh, blanking on everybody's names. Yeah, yeah. But that one. That one's a straight up suspense, but because it takes the stuff for me, it has a little bit of, no, okay, I lied. It has no horror to me. It's just a really good suspense for me. I don't like it at all. No, I think... Like, I know it's not a great movie, but because, you know, like I said, it hits the home invasion thing. Now we're talking about suspense. We're supposed to be talking about horror. Well, no, I I was was working on a theory here, and I I think I've come around to it. In a suspense or thriller movie, you don't feel that the main person ever is really in danger. Mm Mm-hmm. You're worried they're not going to make it out, but you know the type of movie you're watching. And you're like, no, they probably will make this out okay. Mm-hmm. Horror movies is like, okay, I know you're the main star, but this is a horror movie. So you might not make it out okay. You might be the killer. You might die. Mm-hmm. But I still think, by and large, horror movies have subsumed thrillers. They've kind of taken on that tension elements... And they've, they've done that. That is now a part of it. But they've also added the supernatural stuff that's emblematic of horror movies. They've taken on a lot of the other stuff. Because, I mean, thrillers were a big thing in the 80s and 90s for a while. And I think it's kind of funny that it coincides with Scream, which a lot of people consider is the renaissance of modern pop horror. Yeah. And when Scream hits it big you kind of see the decline of the thriller. Sort of. But to me, like, I personally don't find the Scream movies to be horrors, but when I'm looking at everything that I, the guidelines that I set for myself to be a horror, it is a horror. But to me, it's not. <laughs> Only because you! It, because it's not scary to me like a horror, that horror is. To well, me, it's very fun. Yes, yeah, so that's its own... I know. It's because it's getting meta and breaking down horror tropes and having fun. But only you would say that Scream is not a horror movie. Yeah, but I, w- I also wonder, though, if um, watching the the Charlie Sheen spoof movie before actually seeing oh, Scream. Oh, God, the scary movies might have ruined it for you. Yeah, because I saw the scary movies before I ever watched Scream. I, Honest to God, I never watched a single Scream movie until we went to that dollar theater in in our hometown to watch that that one scream four was your first yes honest to god i had never seen a scream movie before that that is so fascinating and then before then i kind of got the context of what the movies were about because of the of the scary movie or whatever and you like scream four right you are in the camp i thought it was fun that just gives credit i i don't know i feel like people like scream 4 but i'm always wary that there's been this whole contingent like no it was it was bad there's only one bad scream movie and that was scream 3 so i feel like this conversation has proven the point of you can't define horror no because i think it means something different to everybody i think 
we've proven that you could put 10 people in a room and we would all have vastly different definitions of what is and is not horror. Because personally, I'm sitting here scratching my head. It's like, all right, what is a movie that somebody told me was a horror movie that I was like, I, I don't know if it is. I'm, I'm struggling to think. Like, what was the last movie I watched? It's like, that really wasn't a horror movie. I mean, you just, you got a list on your head. It's like any movie that someone liked in the last decade, that there was a <laughs> horror movie. You're like, listen here, bitch. If Freddy wasn't in it, it wasn't a horror movie. <laughs> and if Freddy was in it, it might not be a horror movie because I don't like New Nightmare. What the hell was that? That is the shittiest fucking movie. It should not be in the goddamn series. It ruins Freddy. Oh, boy. You're just making all sorts no, of friends. No, it ruins Freddy, and it ruins the whole fucking franchise. And you can come find me, bitch. Just fucking DM me. I'll tell you where I live. I'll fight you. Oh, boy. So I get has opinion on horror movies. <laughs> and that feels like a great time to set up your guest plug about your horror movie podcast, where you talk about horror movies. Wee! Okay, so, um, I think I'm on, like, season three or four now, four, of uh, Geeks You Haunt. I, like, the last couple seasons and stuff, I've really just kind of fallen into the, let's talk about horror movies, let's review I think every movies. season's different, because that first season... The first season, I did a lot of different things. Like, I really tried to branch out and be like, okay, let's That was your let, second season. The not... first season was just you making me watch terrible horror movies, and then going, so Ulrich... What did you think about La Llorona? What did you think about Pet Cemetery? What did okay. you think about this horrible Netflix movie about a Baba Yaga that's not a Baba Yaga, but it is a Baba Yaga, but it wasn't a Baba Yaga all along? So I like, I like horror movies, but I also really like terrible horror movies. You're a shark. I, you just kind of swim along and consume all of it. Yes, I do. And I, then declare afterwards, that wasn't a horror movie. No, I like I like I said earlier, I really enjoy taking a movie for what it is. I can see the entertainment in something that maybe the other person, other people can't. Last season, I worked a lot with Chris Chipman from, you know, The Brothers Tangent, his own little podcast and stuff, like I'm sure Ulrich can tell you all well, what it there'll is. There'll be a promo somewhere. You all know who Chris Chipman is. Like, if you listen to on. this podcast, I feel like you and this is your first episode. You picked a good one. <laughs> He's our BFF. Anyway. Who is I, this angry person that apparently loves horror movies but hates all horror movies? Yeah. It's really hard for me to find somebody that really enjoys horror movies, which is why on my show, you know, you hear a lot of Chris Chipman because he really enjoys horror movies the way that I do. And then, you know. <laughs> Poor Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shush. And then there's, of course, you know, horror movies that I disagree with him on. But anyway, it's either him or Ulrich. But, you know, this season I'm really branching out, meeting new new people um kind of makes me a little nervous because it's gonna be some surprise episodes i really got, want you guys to to tune in and listen because even this stuff this season is gonna kind of take me out of my um comfort zone and so i really hope that you guys when it comes closer to bootober um that you guys tune in and listen because i'm hoping that i can entertain you that my uncomfortableness will entertain you um so yeah please listen and enjoy now slagathar where can people find you everything yeah you, you if, you, if you can literally find geeks with shields you can find geeks who haunt we share the same feed yeah <laughs> but i was more talking about if they wanted to yell at you and your terrible whore takes or oh, go yes. oh slagathor you're so right new nightmare is terrible want to join my new nightmare is terrible fan club oh fuck yes 
So I'm on Twitter. I disabled the the notifications, so I get on there like maybe once a week to check all my shit. But I am on Twitter. It's under you know lovers of the unique because I also have an Etsy store where I do a lot of geeky nerdy um, nerdy crafts. One of my most popular craft is a uh, is Warhammer 40k shot glasses. Those are quite popular, and I sell through those actually quite often. Um, so now yeah. you're going to have to make shot glasses that say new nightmare sucks. Fuck. If people want that, I will give it to you. You're going to sell it to you. like 12 people. I don't care. Those are the 12 awesomest people in the world. Do you know who you are? Oh God. <laughs> Anyways, I, I don't know what I expected. This, 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 we went into this one going, let's let's try and talk about the nebulous nature that is horror. I did not expect Slagathor to go on a full-blown rant <laughs> about several horror movies. Ranting is typically my thing. But this is why I brought you on, because Axel would have been like, I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that one. I like that one. That one scares me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be back next time. This was just a fun interlude episode but if you don't like him and you appreciate me more just you know let us know uh, <laughs> i'm sure i can find a way to kill him off anyways thank you all for listening maybe i i'm reticent to say share it because i'm gonna have to listen to all the angry Bitches, you better share i'm gonna have to listen to all the angry comments going slagathor likes horror but she hates all these horror movies or they're not horror Anyways, just find me on Twitter if you want to argue. (laughs) Yes, share this because, in all honesty, that is very important. Mm -hmm. We are competing against a literal ocean of other podcasts. The only way people find us is if you share us and go, hey, maybe this is a good one. Like, man, you're not going to believe the crazy rant that they went on about (laughs) horror movies on this podcast. There's like 20 minutes about why your opinions on Hereditary are terrible and you're a terrible person and you should feel bad for enjoying it. (laughs) Also, apparently there's a stick up your ass. (laughs) All right, guys. So some of the places you can find us are SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Our Heart Radio. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And the greatest person in the world, Slagathor. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.